Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. I have a present truth prophetic message for us this afternoon. It is entitled, Hastening the Coming Glory. I shared with us last Tuesday and Wednesday that we are in the season of the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is gone. Uh, It ended sometime last week. But we are still in that season. And we are expecting an outpouring or release of the Spirit without measure on an individual basis. The collective one cannot take place again until next Feast of Tabernacles. And we see this typified in the book of First Kings. If you will turn there, First Kings chapter 6, talking about the Temple of Solomon, of which the church is a type. It, it's very instructive that even the Pentecostal fulfillment was taken out of that in First Chronicles chapter 5. But I'm not going there immediately. Look at First Kings chapter 6. And uh, we're going to look at two verses. The first verse and the last one. It says, And it came to pass in the 480th year, after the children of Israel will come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziph, which is the second month he began to build the house of the Lord. And if you go to verse 35, very, very instructive. It says, and in the 11th year, in the month of Bull, which is the eighth month, which is the month we're in right now. We'll come back to that. Was the house finished throughout all its parts? So according to all the fashion of it, so he was seven years in building. Really, it was not actually seven years, seven and a half years. The scripture just says because it wasn't up to eight years, which... Although this is not part of what I'm about to preach, but let me just uh, go there and come back in, in, a, in, a, in a minute. You know, do you know how precise the scriptures are? David reigned in Hebron for se- exactly seven and a half years. And further down the road, you know, Solomon built a temple in exactly seven and a half years. I've discovered that this Bible is not just full of a lot of um, superfluous things. In other words, a lot of unnecessary detail. If it's there, it's there for a reason. We may not understand the reason initially, you know, but as we grow spiritually and as we walk with God, we will come to understand it. When the glory of God did not manifest this Feast of Tabernacles, I went to seek God. And I asked him, I said, what's going on here? You know, we're, expect, we're all in, I, I certainly was in great expectation. And the Lord said these words to me. He said that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it is the honor of kings to search it out. Then he told me, search the scriptures. And so I did. And he brought me to this scripture. He said, do you, do you see that in the temple of Solomon, of which 
the collective church as well as the individual church as a type, you know, that it wasn't finished until the eighth month. And the temple was empty for 11 months. They did not dedicate the temple until the next Feast of Tabernacles, which we see in uh, uh, Second Chronicles. Let's go there now. Second Chronicles, and we're going to look at chapter 5, and we're going to look at, we're actually zeroing in on verse 12, but before I get there, I want to, uh, let's go to, uh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, look at verse 3. I'm just going to pick that verse and then I'm going to jump to verse 12. It says, wherefore, I didn't hear you folks. All the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast, which is the seventh month. So it couldn't have been the seventh month where they finished it because it wasn't finished. It was in the eighth month. So it was a year later. And he said, you're in such a time frame now. And he gave me some understandings. And uh, in that seventh month, and during the Feast of Tabernacles, the scriptures tell us in verse 12, I'm going to read verses 12, 13, and 14. Uh, it says, uh, read along with me. And it says, and the Levites, and the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph, of Heman and of Jeduthun, with their sons and brethren, being arrayed in white linen, that speaks of cleansing perfection, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. That's where we get the hundred and twenty of the day of Pentecost. Because they began to speak in tongues. And the Bible says, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. It's amazing. And it's humbling to know how great God is. On the day of Pentecost, they didn't know what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. But what I mean is, they did not make it to be 120. In fact, the scripture says it's about 120. That thing about types and shadows, you can't, you must not be dogmatic. You know, it might be 121, it might be 119, maybe 123, but it was about 120. You know, and God so arranged it that they would fulfill partially this part of the scripture. Now, this feast here described in the Temple of Solomon was the tabernacles. It wasn't, it wasn't Pentecost. But to begin... And God gave me this understanding some years ago, about 2004, 2003, around the time uh, 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 Papa Kelly Vanna, that Papa Ralph brought Kelly Vanna, he brought me this understanding. I'd never heard anybody say it before. Not even Kelly Vanna, not even Papa Ralph. It came to me by revelation, and it's true. You know what it is? Trumpets, sorry, tongues is the trumpets of tabernacles. There is no way you as an individual... And we as a collective church can experience the fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles without Pentecost. Because it is the trumpet, it is the speaking in tongues, which is the trumpet of uh, 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 Pentecost that now becomes the trumpet of Tabernacles. Because that is the 
primary vehicle through which revelation of perfection will come. You cannot get it any other way. It has to be through speaking. I'm talking about you're going to have the head knowledge of it, but the revelation knowledge of it has to come through speaking in tongues. So it becomes the trumpet. Then from there, you move to Day of Atonement, which speaks of the uh, uh, cleansing perfection. You now use the revelation that has come, what we call now, you know, God's given it to us, the seventh uh, pillars of wisdom using, you know, the blood, the word, and the spirit to experience the cleansing out, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Second, uh, uh, Peter, all these are New Testament scriptures, but they are the, they are the uh, uh, reality of the Old Testament uh, shadows. Uh, we've said it this way. I think Papa Ralph was one who first said it. You know, it's beautiful. You know, the Old Testament is the glove. The New Testament is the hand. The hand is the substance. The glove is the shadow. So when you put your hand inside the glove and it fits it, then you say that the scripture has been fulfilled. Like your hand fills the glove. I haven't heard a better illustration of on the, you know, understanding Old Testament and New Testament types and shadows. So you find that you know, right back then, it was 120 priests. So on the day of Pentecost, God told over 500 people. And he did it deliberately. You have to understand God, you know. Like I was sharing during the Bible study about Rishi Sunak and, and leaders, and I talked about Naaman, I talked about Ruth. You know, God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the religious tag. Naaman was a, was a, was a, was a, was a Syrian. He worshipped a strange God, but he had a good heart. And he was unconsciously with the honesty of his heart, he was seeking the God of Israel. But he didn't know. He didn't know. Then God planted a girl in his house from Israel and said, Oh, that my God, my, my Lord would go to the prophet in Samaria and he would heal him of his leprosy. And they acted on that word and we know the story. He, he eventually got healed. And he now took permission from, from Elisha the prophet and said, Look, I'm going back because I'm still in my official capacity. And I'm going to be a witness to them. This will be, you know, paraphrase. You know? So, but, you know, I can't worship that God anymore. Because I now know the true God is the God of Israel. So, but I'm going to take some land from here. I'll take some earth from here. When my uh, boss, when my uh, king goes into the temple to go and worship, I have to go with him for protocol. He said, but I will not bow and I will not worship. I will just be there. And Elijah said, it's fine. You know, we need to be flexible. We, do you know that on the earth today we have a lot of silent disciples? Oh, yeah. In Saudi Arabia, in England, in India, in China, there's some, not, you know, maybe a large number, but there's some silent who have heard the gospel who've accepted Christ, but because of their situation, their political situation, their religious situation, they can't come out yet. They're coming publicly. And they go to all the ceremonies, you know, and just stand there, but they're not worshipping. We know it from, we know that from uh, uh, the experience of Naaman. And so, you know, the scriptures 
God knows the hearts of men. So you know what? To, so that they will not say he didn't give them a chance. He appears to over 500. Over a 40 year, over a 40 day period after his resurrection, he, he appeared to them on Easter, Easter Sunday evening. Then he appeared a week later when Thomas, you know, Thomas the doubter, <laughs> when he came back, you know. Then he appeared one time like this when they were, you know, fishing in the middle of the night. You know, they fished all night, early in the morning. You know, Peter said, I go out fishing. You know, because they were in a lurch. They, they had seen the resurrected Christ, but they really didn't know what was going to happen and all that. So f- from that time on, he, start, he would appear to them over 40 days and teach them things concerning the kingdom. Knowing, Jesus knowing, but he didn't tell them that the Feast of Pentecost was coming. So he taught them, taught them, taught them, taught them, taught them. Then he gave them an instruction. He said, look now, go to Jerusalem and stay in the upper room until you're endued with power from on high. All 500. But you see, this is, and the same thing is happening now. Because he didn't tell them all the full detail. It is only those who have honest hearts that will obey the instruction without knowing the full details of what was going to actually happen on that day. So you know what happened? You know, Jesus, Jesus ascended after 40 days. Pentecost was 50 days later, only 10 days. See Human impatience. Only 10 days. So I'm sure a few guys came first day, just like many of us. Second day, third day, nothing happened. Uh, I married a wife. I bought a new piece of land. I have five yoke of oxen. Legitimate excuses. Um, if I don't go today, it won't matter. After all, I've seen Jesus and he's told us this. And maybe, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. But those who stayed faithful, those who obeyed the command, they didn't know it was going to be the day of Pentecost. They didn't have that understanding until after. So on the day of Pentecost, the people that remained that hand fitted this glove of 120 priests. Give the Lord a clap offering, somebody. Wow! God, I just, got a, I just got a tweet from heaven. God pruned down the number from 500 to 120 that would fit the prophetic pattern. Just like he pruned down the number of Gideon's army from 30,000 to 300 that would fit the prophetic pattern of Noah's ark. <laughs> you, know, you know Noah's ark is 300 cubits. It is a type of Gideon's army. That God is, is, is as I'm talking now, he, it's already finished. It's ready. Like mommy said some weeks ago, the droplets are coming, but the deluge is coming. And those 300 in the spirit, they're not, all, they're not all in scripture pasture. They're not all in one place. Because it's a spiritual organization, you see. There's some here. We have a large number here, actually. You know, Then there's some scattered in other places. 
There's some in England, there's some in Canada, there's some in the U.S., you know, but they have the same heart. They are all seeking the glory of God. They are all praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. They are all perfecting the love of God. They are all, you know, love is the, is the big thing like I preached during the Bible study in their lives. They want to, they want to, 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 to walk in love. So every day they're saying, I, I endure longer and I'm patient. I got the fruit of the spirit. That's the main, that's their characteristic. They want to perfect the love of God and they're using the blood, the word, and the spirit. They may not even understand the way we understand it here, but that, you see, it's not the head knowledge that matters. It is what you're doing. It was what David Ingalls sang in one of his beautiful songs. I'm taking it back. And he said, the f- just shall live by faith and revelation. And then he went on to say, the truth we know and act on is what sets us free. The, knowing the truth mentally will not set you free. Knowing that the Bible says by stripes of Jesus, you're healed, will not heal you. You have to have a revelation knowledge of that truth. And then act on it. And then it now release the power that will actually heal you. A lot of Christians know, have a head knowledge of the Bible. But they do not have revelation knowledge, which is head knowledge that is now enlightened by the power of the Holy Spirit from inside into the mind. Then it now becomes revelation knowledge. I find it very, very instructive, you know, along these lines, where, where, where John, you know, in, 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 in quite a number of places in the, in the book of John, you know, particular at the resurrection on on a resurrection day mary magdalene was the first person to go to the grave it was early in the morning she saw the tomb was open the place was empty she didn't see anything she was greatly disturbed she thought the roman soldiers and you know the pharisees had come to take the boy his body away so she runs back to peter and john and said i've just come from the tomb went there to go and you know the spices on his body he's not there so james sorry peter and john follow her they run john is a little bit more better in physical condition than uh, peter because peter is a little bit older actually peter was married john at that time was not yet married you know he probably got married later i don't know scripture doesn't record that but it doesn't matter you know so john gets to the he gets it to the um tomb before Peter, he looks inside. He doesn't enter. No, no, he, he waits outside because he's a little bit, you know, John is very careful, he's very reverential. So, he, you, know, he's a, you know, I don't go where he just dare to trade. So, now Peter comes. So, when Peter enters, he's a little bit more rambocious, and, you know, he just goes in. So, John follows him. And then, they, they see where the body of Jesus had been laid. Because they saw it the day before, you know, uh, Friday. You know? And he's not there. Then they see the cloth that they used to, ra- to, to wrap his body. And the one that used to wrap his head, neatly folded in the place together. Ah! John. The Bible says, and John saw and he believed. Then he records this. He said, for they knew not as yet. So they knew those, they knew all those scriptures. 
But they knew not as yet that he must rise from the dead. It was at that time that revelation came to John, even though he had the letter in his head. Very important. You can have the letter of the scripture in your head and not have a revelation of it from your heart. So it's the truth you know by revelation from your heart and then you act on that revelation that releases power that, gets, that sets you free. So it's not just knowing the truth that will set you free. I didn't hear an amen. So 120. So they, uh, 380 of them about found other things. And God knew. God knew they were going to do that. But if he didn't tell them, it was, oh, you didn't give us a chance. So I gave them a chance. And honesty of heart weeded out. <laughs> weeded out those who will fulfill destiny and those who will not. The same thing is happening today. And uh, so the day of Pentecost comes and the Holy Ghost comes and you know, the 120 speaking tongues and they, fu- they, they fulfill. They are the hand that fulfills this glove of 120. But this is not talking about tabernacles. It's not talking about Pentecost. So Pentecost was just a forerunner. So this is still going to be fulfilled. The fullness of this has not yet been fulfilled. And so the scripture says, and it, came, and it even came to pass, verse 13, 2 Chronicles chapter 5. And, and, it even, it, and it came even to pass, as the trumpeters and the singers were as one, everybody scream as one. Oh, we're going to have to get this unity thing. We have to get it. The harmony. To bring down the collective glory. I'm going to get to individual glory in a minute. I explained this on Tuesday and Wednesday. You know, individual glory can happen at any time. It doesn't have to happen on the Feast of Tabernacles. We see the mystery of Jesus. You know, but for the collective glory to be on the day of, during the Feast of Tabernacles, we're going to have a group of Christians. There may not be many. In fact, there will not be many. There will be this number, you know, this order may not be exactly 120, you know, who is it as one. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you, and God bless you.